to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. Good morning, Mateo. How are you, man? Episode 14. Mm-hmm. 14. I, I am fantastic. Another beautiful Tuesday morning in Atlanta. Uh, just back from St. Martin. So, you know, I'm good. You know, I'm peeling a little bit, but I'm good. Well, you look relaxed. You look like there's some tension <laughs> is, you know, kind of you know, those that can't uh, see yeah, there. No, you look good. Definitely, man. Definitely, man. Everybody needs a break. So, you know, I wish that for everyone. I uh, Me too. When are you going on vacation, brother? Next week. Next week, I, yeah. I I actually I put it in yesterday and I, I got it off. And my vacation is uh, one night up at the lake, and the rest yeah. of the week re- remodeling our kitchen. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> no, listen, bear with me. Whatever works for you, dude. <laughs> it, it needs to be done. It's been needed. It's yeah. been put on the back burner for three years, and um, and so it definitely needs to be done. And the other thing is, I'm unplugging from work. The only thing that I'm doing next week is we're recording an episode of No BS on Tuesday morning to put out on Thursday. That's it. That's my only obligation. I told my wife. No no judgment, brother. However, you just take the time. Got to do it. Got to recharge. I got, I had like 90 plus hours of PTO I got to use. So uh, 40 are getting getting chugged off right now. Um, Yeah. Exciting episode today. I'm super stoked. Super excited. Um, yeah. We, we have the one and only Mr. Will Slickers joining us. How's it going, Will? Oh, it's going great, John. Mateo, great to see you guys. It's uh, hey, excited to do one podcaster to another. I'm down to get into it with you guys. This is going to be fun. Awesome. So I, yeah. I, my assumption is that 99.9% of the people that are listening to our podcast know who you are. Uh, but for those who don't, um, and I'm going to just kind of go ahead and rattle off a couple of things and let's go ahead and have Will kind of back up what, who he is and what he does. He is the, um, well, first he is Slick Talk Live. He is Good Morning mm-hmm. Hospitality. He is Recreation Rentals. He is a consultant. He in the hospitality space. And um, for those that don't know, he's prior military or are you still uh, a reserve? No, I actually got out October 24th, 2020. So I'm I'm done. Thank you for your service, brother. Thank you, guys. Thank you, both of you as well. So, So, uh, so, I mean, tell us a little bit about yourself, Will. Yeah, uh, it's a a long story short, but I kind of kind of accidentally got into the industry after a failed entrepreneurial journey of starting a chauffeur and party bus company in Spokane, Washington at I think a whopping 19 years old, right before Uber came in. And uh, I know I remember picking up these guests at this Ford Diamond Marriott property and was like, I'm going to work there. Never having experience. uh, I walked in with my suit and tie, uh, a decently put together resume that had no hotel or hospitality background on it uh, and got interviewed on the spot, but then actually got hired on the spot. And on my first day, I remember I just fell in love like with the whole experience. It was crazy, 716 rooms. Uh, so having a, a line of you know 500 people to check in that day was uh, a little nuts. But uh, I think that's, that journey gave me the greatest start I could have ever asked for. And um, from that 
point on. I've just been in love with vacation rentals and destinations and, of course, podcasting, uh, which was an accidental uh, journey as well. But um, when you have uh, a passion for something, I think it's really fun to see how people discover it. And the podcast was one way for me. So that's kind of like a little bit of a back, uh, long story short. Awesome. I think that enca- that encapsulates you, man. Like that story. So, like, don't let the smooth taste fool you, man. Will is a hustler, <laughs> man. He gets it done. Look, I think I want to point out certain parts of that story. I having no experience walking up. It takes a lot of. It takes guts. Like you got to be able to 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 walk in there and know that you can compete and know that this is something that you're in. Like that. That's a drive. I think a lot of people, you know. They, they miss that part of the story, right? They see the end, they see, you know, the multiple podcasts, they see what you're doing, but like that story for me is reflective of who you are. Like you mix, you mix it up. You don't do things the ordinary way, but you get in there and you get it done. And, yeah. and it's an extremely hard, you know, amount of work that goes into that. And I don't think people see the background of that. If they really know you, then yeah, they probably get a glimpse of, of how hard you work. But you told me this morning, you got in the office at 5.30. How many people, you know, really get into the office at 530, get in there, grind and get it done. So like salute to that. Right. Salute (laughs) to the hustle, salute to the hard work and salute to, you know, still having the energy to to bring new and and, and vibrant and relevant things to the industry. Like that's that's uh, that's what that story represents for me to you, brother. So hats off to you. I appreciate it. I don't uh, really share my earlier years with a lot of people, but you know, I had to start out early. Um, I was talking to Andrew Kitchell with Wheelhouse the other day, and uh, I had I was homeless at seventeen, so like I had to like really figure shit out like real quick. And I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on the podcast, but um, it's the uh, no bullshit podcast. Open and candid, brother. Yeah. yeah. If, just you, to make, story make sure if you, you listen to last yeah. week's episode, if we were to go ahead and, and actually go back and count the number of fucks that were said on last <laughs> so week's we, episode. Yeah, we had Anthony, Anthony on there. Shout out yeah, to it was, Marine, it was a lot. You're yeah. fine. Okay. Sweet. Good. Good to make sure. Uh, but yeah, I just, it's uh, I think that one thing like, you know, having to learn really quick um, was kind of that drive for me. And so I, I, it's kind of hard to, to get out of that, but in the same time, it's a good, I think a good thing to have. So I, I appreciate those words. It really does mean a lot. I mean, when, when I was, when, when Mateo and I, so, and those that listen to the podcast know, know our story, but you know, mm-hmm. we, we, we met on, on the, you know, Mateo calls it the Carney circuit. Um, but it's, that, that, it is, you know, we met in Gatlinburg doing, you know, it was his first show. It was my first show, um, in this space, you know, you know, I came from selling hardwood lumber, uh, previous mm-hmm. to that, I was a heavy equipment operator previous to that I was active army, you know, so we all kind of get here our own ways and we met, yeah. we didn't really know anybody and we we're kind of, kind of, and we just really hit it off really quick. But when, when we were talking about like, man, we, we bring this different thing to the space. Truly, when I was having conversations with, with Mateo, I said, man, Will's killing it. I said, he's got a cool podcast. People are listening to him. I said, I said, I think we have a story. Like you were part of our inspiration to know mm-hmm. that we could be successful if we put our minds to it. And so I, I want you to know that because like, truly yeah. you, there, there's a handful of people where like, wow, they're successful. They're successful. They're doing this. 
you know, Heather bear, you know, all yeah. these people were like, yeah. man, like, like, wow. I, and, and we have a different story. Mm-hmm. We have a different background, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so I, again, hats off to you. Thank you. You know, there was some inspiration and some, some definite uh, encouragement, not, you know, vocalized from you, but, you know, at the same time we, we felt with like, Hey, yeah. we, we, we got this. Yeah, it was definitely because, it, you know, we were looking at, you know, it, we wanted it to be in your, we were talking earlier, like how it came to be, like we wanted it mm-hmm. to be like our conversations, right? So yeah. like, yeah, we called it the Carney Circuit because we were the vendors at the conferences. Um, but like, you know, we, you know, we would, we would drink, we'd have relevant conversations. We'd be talking about the industry. We'd be talking about like the cultural aspects of the industry, like, and yeah. we'd be talking about things that aren't necessarily the nuts and bolts right that aren't necessarily hey this is how to better your management business or hey mm-hmm. this technology is better it was more along the lines of like hey hey this is interesting <laughs> look yeah. you know look at the amount of uh, managers that are not here or are here or you know hey i mean how many part you know this all of mm-hmm. the things like that were you know conversations that were relevant that i think a lot of people were having um you know, but there was no real outlet for it. And so like, see, you go off and do and bring something new and be successful to it. We're like, we really did. We were like, all right, this is worth a shot. And so it, yeah. it was definitely one of the catalysts and, uh, and, uh, and John and I saying, fuck it, like, let's go for it. Let's do it. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do we have to lose? Right. Like, 100%. And, I mean, you know, 100%. Again, and again, how often do you get to really create something that is you know authentic to what you want it to be right like 100%. we have you know we're switzerland in the space we're not talking about people like we're talking with people and we want yeah this to be the collective voice we want people to come here and be able to have unfiltered conversations tell their stories you know because this is what makes our industry to me that's really that's what hospitality is hey i have a question will it, on your podcast is there a conversation that you've wanted to have but you felt that you Man, maybe I shouldn't have this on our on the podcast. Have you have you have you gone down that road yet? Have you had that conversation or that thought process? Yeah, I think there's been a couple where like you could tell the guest was on a tipping point of a really good moment, like where they're about to open up something beautiful. Like I had a guest almost crying telling their story, and I did get to pull a little bit more out of him. But I part of me wishes I not pulled or pushed more, but kind of gotten to a let my mind relax a little bit where I could actually be vulnerable with them in a deeper sense of this is a pure, like you can't buy this. You can't find this at the stores. You can't find this on Amazon or on Netflix. Like this is a pure genuine human to human connection. And the fact that we're having it over zoom, like I do think about that episode and like, damn, if I just paused for a little bit longer right there and just like allowed myself to, to act on that, and, I, and I've talked about this a couple of times before that we are, as humans, we encounter multiple times, hundreds, if not thousands of times a day where we're able to make a decision uh, internally that we're thinking, uh, whether it's something with someone in front of us or just even by ourselves in a room, we have thousands of opportunities to make moments or to act on something. And it's our job as humans to be aware of that and then decide whether we're going to act or not. And that was one of those moments where I was like, damn, I've been preaching this to the choir and uh, here I am not, like I didn't do it. So I do think about that moment quite often. Um, For me, I just, I think it's super cool 
that we have this opportunity, like the, to hear your guys' story on like, this is an outlet. This is our story. Like that's what it is, is that no vacation rental is the same. No podcast is the same. Whether people try to like, if you're a big, you know, like NPR podcast and trying to copy another concept or do whatever, great, but they're still not the same. There's uniqueness to everything of it. And so, um, you know, it's just really interesting that the, the segue of, those those stories and moments and how they happen or don't happen when you make decisions or not and so um hearing that you guys are like one going for it and said fuck it like i love it i, I think it's it's great so uh yeah i if that answers your question hopefully i i i can uh cut it off there but now you're good man it, it definitely does it was heather put out a a great in in her recent um i think she just hit I can't remember. Like she had some Heather bear had some huge milestone. She's about to have mm-hmm. a million downloads, which is insane. That'll happen this year. I can't even Heather, imagine. We hit a thousand. Yeah. We're no, like, that's Holy super shit. Dope. congratulations. Yeah. 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 That's, oh, that's dope. But Heather's dope. So yeah. Yeah. No, she's a, she's a but she's, for sure. She had this stat that, that, and I, and I read it in an article that she just put out or a, a social post that those that are starting a podcast, if you can do seven, it's, you know, once you get past seven, it's going, it's, it's in, in, yeah. in a, in a consecutive, you know, you know, whether it be, you know, every week, every other week or yeah. whatnot, once you hit that seventh podcast, that seventh episode and whatever format you're doing, you're there's, there's, I think there was like a, like a 95% chance of it continuing to be, you know, to be a success. It's those ones that mm-hmm. do one episode here, they wait a month, yeah. they do another episode. Um, and so it's just interesting. I, I love seeing these different stories. I love, I love. You want to hear another, another stat? Yeah, I do. Oh yeah. Okay. So 26% of Apple pod, podcasts on Apple podcasts only have one episode. 26%. Yeah. Of podcasts on Apple podcasts only have one episode. They never made it That's past crazy. that. Crazy. My, yeah. crazy. my hardest thing I'm trying to figure out is like, I'm trying to get, and maybe I'll talk to you offline here because this isn't necessarily a great podcast conversation, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to get in the right tier in the right like column for searching. I'm thinking we're on like news and commentary, but there's like no mm-hmm. real great, at least not that I've seen travel to short-term rental focus, like checkbox. And maybe we could talk offline and yeah. like, yeah. Um, because I'm like, and like we show up great in the short-term rental space because it's in our title. But if we yeah. if I search vacation rental way down the line, and yeah. because it's not mm-hmm. in our title, so I don't know. We'll talk offline, but that's that's a different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. No, the category on podcasts is is definitely uh, it's I don't know who you guys host host through, but it's a. Uh, it's, it was hard even for me in the beginning creating a hospitality podcast focus, whether it's hotels, restaurants, like. I'm not food and beverage. I'm not just lodging. I'm not just this. So it's like, where do you land? And uh, for for us, we just decided that business was kind of like a, a good category to start. And it's a very competitive yeah. category because you got Gary V, you got Tony Robbins, you got all these right. big players in, in that side. Um, but, uh, you, know, you know, that's that's the cool part about our industry is that, you know, as a vertical of hospitality, short-term rentals, vacation rentals, whatever, uh, it's still not mainstream. And until we're news is, and uh, commentary. They got yeah. you know, it's yeah. like yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we're we're Buzzsprout, by the way. That's how. Okay. About. Okay. That's cool. So, well, one of the, again. So, I think this is a good actually segue into something else. I was excited to talk about today. 
you know, yeah. you know, the podcast is just one side of what you do. But and again, you mentioned it earlier, man. Look, theory versus application, right? Management, right? Look, you like me. Look, I, I, you know, this hotel behind me, man, eighteen rooms, <laughs> crazy. Like theory versus application is insane, right? Like it is a different world, and I think you know. I, I got a long theory on how the industry could, if it had more of a hands-on approach, would be able to serve itself better. I'll put it like yeah, that. 100%. Um, because it's one thing to be, you know, coming from the vendor side, you know, thinking and talking to managers and getting it from one perspective. And then the other, it's very different when you're up to your neck in it and mm-hmm. it's real. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then you get a different perspective. So big news, you know, of course, the elephant in the room is Vacasa. billion SPAC valuation, IPO. A lot of money. Talking about it for a while. Wow. And and look, hey, look, you know, shout out to, you know, the founders, you know, Cliff, Eric, you know, those guys, the ones who really built, built, you know, Vacasa, like that built it out of the mud. People forget, like, of course, I'm from Portland, so I'm going to put it out there. You know, Portland, you know, Portland pushed company, but like they really built it out of them, out the mud, as they say. Right. Like. And to see where it is today is impressive. So regardless of what people think or whatever, shout out to uh, to all of those in, in the community. You know, Vacasa was a people company uh, and mm-hmm. had a lot of amazing people uh, that really built that company. Uh, so shout out to all of those who uh, who had a hand in that. It's a huge accomplishment, regardless of what people think about it. But you know, as a manager, as a, a, a you know, what what are your thoughts about you know? Let's talk about what does this mean for us? What does this mean for the industry? You know, is this just another horse race now? Like, well, talk about it's it. the like so because I I've had the pleasure to meet Cliff. So Cliff Johnson, yep. again, one of the founders of Vacasta, super inspirational guy. Like I've looked up to him since I've gotten to like meet him via LinkedIn and and all this other stuff. But you know, it's as it's crazy because you know we all kind of predicted this that airbnb kind of started this whole trend of trying to go public right it was the first Mm -hmm. platform or the first kind of brand mainstream name to really get known and shown out to the world that vacation rentals uh yeah like verbo yeah it's been around way before uh, airbnb but airbnb really i don't know how they just knew how to build a really good brand um that everybody their mom their grandma your niece and nephew you you know, everyone can use and get on and book. Um, Mm -hmm. So they started this kind of a, I guess, you know, trend of going public um, and reading Cliff's post about, you know, you know, even though I've been, he said, even though I've been removed from Vicasa for about three years and five months or whatever the date was, um, you know, saying that we started out in our kitchen in Eric's kitchen, we were Mm -hmm. at the, we were cold calling owners. We were getting like doing the hustle that, shows me that, you know, it's kind of like one of those stories of Vicasa wasn't Vicasa overnight, right? It took Mm-mm. blood, sweat, oh, no, no, tears, no, no, no. and the people thing that you're talking about, like it took a team. It wasn't just one person leading a charge. Oh. It was a team of people on a dedicated mission. Cliff, Cliff me, tagged like, like a hundred yeah. people or well, at the but, limit. And, the and again, yeah. and it could have, and it could have been more and it could have been yeah. more, right? Yeah. Right? yeah. And let, let's be very clear. And yeah. that's, that's the view. That's what I want. That's what, that's what I think is important around all this is like, 100%. that's what built the Casa. They, they did it differently, you know, and again, what, it, what it's, you know, going to be, I mean, 
that's a huge conversation to have. Like when, when companies go public and become these corporate entities, they're not, it's, it's changes, you know, the organization. And you can talk to anyone that's been at Picasso at any of their different periods in time, you know, the the culture changed as it does with scale. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and so we're going through it like now at, at travel net, you know, we're scaling and the culture's changing. Not a, not a negative thing, not necessarily always a positive thing either. It's a, it's a thing. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's 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 a ever progressing like learning cycle too, right? Like it, how to do it effectively is you know something that there's no kind of cookie cutter way to do it, right? Like you have to be able to really you know gauge what you're dealing with and figure out almost like a instant solution or a, a you know a multi tiered solution because again, especially for companies like Vacasa that acquire through acquisition. Yeah. Look at all the company. Look at all the companies that do that. That is not easy. Ask Milo. Is, is that easy to do? And he'll tell you no. But it, no. you're able to find a way to do it. You know, from a business perspective, and then I mean, but then you have to fix the cultural aspect of it because again, people you need people to work. Like mm-hmm. people yeah. want, are going to need to want to be a part of your organization. So there has to be value in that. So that, I think you are going to see more changes around the cultural aspect of you know, what these scaling and what this looks like, because, you know, when, when those things happen, what happens? The hotlines start going up. Oh, well, mm-hmm. they're going more corporate. People mm-hmm. get on the phone. They start calling managers. I bet you've got a bunch of calls, right? Like, hey, yeah. I, you know, I don't know what's going on here. Like it, it sends those kind of ripples and shockwaves through the industry. So like as a company, you have to be able to quell that and be like, hey, yeah. look, you know, it's going to be not just as good as before, but better. And this is how we're going to take care of you. And unfortunately, that's where it falls off. Right. Because, mm-hmm. And I get it because you're onboarding, you're dealing with personnel, you're, you're all these other things, but they're going to learn. You're going to have to have someone there to shape and drive the culture because it's the only way to win and be successful. hundred percent. Yeah. I could have said it better myself. And, and, you know, to your point that managers, you know, we've gotten a quite a few calls. We haven't signed any previous Vicasa owners, but we've gotten a quite a few uh, because, you know, when, like you said, when the ripple effect does happen, it shifts the water in the sense of, you know, direction of where the fish are going to go. And sometimes those fish get scared and they go off, off path. And, um, you know, I think it's also kind of interesting to see, you know, maybe, you know, it's, it's really the re- the reason why I really like Cliff's story is because he's transparent about how they started and how they're ending mm-hmm. in the sense of ending as going public. Like, I don't know really else what the next tier is other than going public. Um, but that this is a really good example for managers like myself, for managers that are coming in, managers that already have a really good, strong portfolio, whatever that may be. This is a really good example of that. This does happen like this is an an example and kind of like how you guys were talking about the podcast like all right we see all these other podcasters like this they're 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 doing it we can too and so i think that's where our industry becomes really unique it's an encouraging space for people to say fuck it like i don't care that there's risk i don't care that it's going to take me 80 90 100 hours to, to build this i'm going to build it because when you really do love something that much where you're cold calling owners at your kitchen table with all these handwritten letters and sending them out and doing this and doing that the, the, there's a lot of moving pieces but then you get to that scale there's a lot more moving pieces and it kind of gets easier but it gets harder and then you know at the end of the day you're able to sit down with a microphone in front of you asking how did you how did you do it so that's where it's really really cool the well, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and the interesting thing, too, about Vacasa 
is and and any company if they started out just like anybody else in in exactly so there's no yeah. difference there's nothing there's special things about vacasa because there's that synergy and there's that but i can name 100 different companies that started off at a on a dining room table cold calling and doing different things that's how you know travelnet started that's how you know all these companies yeah. started off that way it's 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 that dynamic and where you take it from there and it should be it should just ooze optimism to anyone out there that's like, hey, I can do this. We could do this. Hey, we got right now. What do we got? You know, we got sixty units. We're we're in this market. We're gonna we're growing to this market. We have ten units. You know, we want to we want to expand in this neighborhood here. We really want to go ahead and let, let's invest in this development. There's so much opportunity, and they're really no different than Vacasa. 100%. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever, like that, this, it's just the vision. It's, it's leadership. I mean, there, there is a ton of differences, but they start the same way. Yeah. No, I agree. I think 100%. I agree with that. Yeah. I think I agree with that. But then, you know, what's the, there's always a pivot point. Cause look, you I mean, you look at, you you look at the people who, you know, what do you want to be right. Also, like you have to think of, there are managers that are okay being medium to small size managers. Mm-hmm. Like it it's, it works for them, right? Like yeah. they're not trying to be Vacasa. They're not trying to be, you know, V trips. They're not trying to be the big boys in the game that are, you know, that are, you know, actively acquiring. And you yeah. know, they're they're happy with their businesses. You know, they're, well, they're good that's... with the attrition. Again, they can fire owners that they don't want. Yeah. You know, and then they they market and scale as they want to. And I think like yeah. that's that's an overlooked dynamic too. Like we like, let's have a conversation of what is, what is the business? Like not everybody's trying to build up a a, a company to go public and IPO. What about building just a sustainable, profitable management company? You know, that, 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 you know, that it's a legacy family business. Like, you know, absolutely. Williams and Jonathan Williams and Carol and them, like you you look at companies like that, that, you know, that I, I think that's a missing part of the conversation. Like, these well, businesses we were are just, not any less valuable because they're not trying to go public. Like they are 100%. well. Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, I was just having this conversation with uh, Matt from Explory. Was saying like, you know, we're talking about what is what is scale, right? Like, how do you how do you know if this is scalable, right? And it's like, well, I compared it to like multifamily and single family, and then Brian, his other co-host for their podcast uh, for the Guest X, uh, was uh, was going well. It's like, well, I know a, a manager that only keeps a hundred properties, but he's circling out quality. So his lowest quality property, he cuts them. If you know, he wants to get, he has the opportunity to get another property as that new quality property. And he's just keeping a cycle of a hundred quality top tier properties and repeating that process. And I think self-awareness in this whole thing for you guys doing a podcast, for anyone starting a management company, for anyone starting it to develop a tech software or ITO device or whatever it may be, like it takes self-awareness. Like, how do you want this to be? Do you want to be a billionaire, you know, publicly traded company? Do you want to be, you know, creating a great six, seven figure business that's cash flows that lets you go on vacation with your family? any time of the year, no matter what, you could literally at the drop of a dime leave. Or do you want to, like for me, like, can you, can you be a single 26 year old who has no dating life, no social life and just (laughs) put your head down and, and, and just go like, you know, that's what, what do you want to build? And I think that self-awareness aspect, like you're talking about Mateo is just super important because we see so many people saying, well, 
like, and I'll be guilty of this. And this is like a full hundred percent transparency. Like in the beginning, when I first started the podcast, before I even quit my day job as a hotel GM was, well, Matt Landau's doing like doing this as a podcaster. Like, how do I, how do I become Matt Landau? And then yeah, after you know doing yeah. this full time, I was like, I don't need to be Matt. I, I love Matt. I yeah. love him as a human. I love him as a podcaster. But then I like had this moment in, in 2020 is like, I don't need to be Matt Landau. Like I can look up to him and learn from him and like, you know, be, you know, a com- comrade with him, but I don't need to be him. Like I, I need to create, I need to be okay with what I'm building for my own personal, like my own personal journey. So having that opportunity to like be fully self-aware of what we're doing, uh, whether it's anything and I don't care what sector of hospitality or the business it's, it's really key. Like it's, I, I get fired up over that stuff. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I get you know, definitely shout out to Matt. Now he was definitely a, a pioneer uh, and, and 100%. A, another super creative, right? Like Matt is yes. innovative and creative and, you know, brings fresh new perspective. This really great storyteller, uh, property great managers. storyteller, yeah, great yeah. storyteller for sure. Yeah. He's always got a camera. Crew. He's always got a crew whenever, you know, that's what I love yeah. about Matt. Like he's rolling with a production crew. Like he's on production, like on the spot. So I love good, it. Uh, good stuff. So good. Yeah. Him and Milo, like, yep. Oh, <laughs> Milo can't not have a camera yep, falling around. Hey man, look. I, I, so I, I met you. I, I met. That's a funny story. I met you and Milo the same weekend. Um, I just started at Rented. It was ta- trying to talk to everyone I could. Steve was definitely somebody I wanted to talk to, and it was. You remember he was rocking around with the with the trip with the shirt with the Grim Reaper um, yeah. that had the sickle and had the Tripadvisor head in his hand. Yep. Under a suit jacket, under a suit jacket, I was like, oh, "Gives no fucks." I was like, "This is <laughs> this is gonna be my guy. He and I are gonna get along just <laughs> fine." And like, and I've been bothering Steve ever since. But no, shout out to Steve. He's a he's great man. We love Steve. So, but talk, yeah, you know, talk to me, talk to us, Will, about uh, the Destinator Awards. Um, this is right up like this meets with, you know, I I know it's more global hospitality, not necessarily. So I I have two questions for you. I want want to hear about the Destiny Awards, but I also want to hear, um, your story of when you made the transition from straight, you know, hotel hospitality and into, uh, and and you're still, that's a huge focus of yours, but I want to kind of talk Mm -hmm. about what made you kind of verge into the short-term rental space as well. But th- let's sure. let's hear about the Destinair Awards and and what they are exactly and how they kind of, you know, it's culture. It's 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 everything yeah. that, that, that this podcast is about. Hundred percent. Well, for the Destination Air Awards, were early 2020 during the middle of the pandemic, where I was on uh, COVID testing sites for the National Guard. I was in my hotel room. I hadn't published a, an episode in a little over a month. Like all of April, I had not. Pu- I didn't publish. Nothing. I didn't know anything about COVID, so I felt like I had no value to bring to the industry for this whole craziness we were all going through. I had no idea how to communicate that. But after having a couple inquiries come back and people started to be like, all right, we're kind of getting traction. Like, we're not we're not done yet. Like, we're still here. Um, I, I was talking actually with David Jacoby and was just going like, you know, I, I was telling him, I was like, I am seeing the same companies in the spotlight over and over and over and 
not that it's bad, but I was just like, what about the people that put their face down and are eating shit right now as they're going through and continuing not only to figure out how to man- like maneuver around COVID and all these restrictions and, you know, the uncertainty of do we wear a mask? Do we stay six? Like, what is this? Re- like, what's really happening? And but they're still delivering the best hospitality experiences that there are to their guests no matter what, like they're still making people feel welcomed and loved and cared for and like intentional. And um, I was talking to another mentor of mine who I had the pleasure to work for out in Cannon Beach, Oregon. And I was telling, I was like, how do we describe, like, how do I describe it? I just like, really, like I was almost in tears. I was like, I, how do I describe this feeling like of, of just like wanting to, I don't even know how to word it, but he was just like, you and I are wired to create remarkable experiences that are anticipated and shared. And that hit me because I was like, though everyone else that's out there serving right now, their guests, their team, their, their owners, whoever, like they, they're the wired to create, like they're the ones that haven't given up. They're the ones that really want to, to like, like make this work, whether it's, you know, whether it's the end of the world or not. And, um, and so coming up with the concept, I was sitting down in my hotel room after I had that conversation with Jacob or uh, not Jacob, David Jacoby and uh, my, uh, my mentor and um, was just like writing down pen and paper. And I saw something about like millionaire or something on the news. And I was like, destination, destin, and kind of playing with the word, create a destination there with the concept of that to be a destination there, you wire, you're wired to create remarkable experiences that are anticipated and shared. And so got everyone I knew together. It's like, Hey, this is a free thing. I just, if you can donate stuff, like whether it was guidebooks or consulting or, you know, whatever, I don't care. Um, we would love to have you be a part of this and nominate your, your, your clients, your, your people that use your, your noise aware devices or your, your breezeway software backend, whatever it may be like, come together and let's do it. And so we did. And um, we had over 60 nominations around the world from like South Africa to Italy, to to Spain and France and and all over the the U S and just seeing people nominate their coworkers or colleagues that, you know, they want, aren't able to see in person. They're all like hundreds, if not thousands of miles away. Like, you know, it's, it's crazy to see the community come together. And so the destination awards are are that, and this year uh, we're doing quarterly nominations on the website um, just to keep it going. Cause in 2022, we're actually going to be a, well, September this year, we're going to be announcing the in-person event happening in 2022 in collaboration nice. with uh, with another um, event that's actually coming to the U.S. So I'm really excited. Um, well, you yeah. just let the cat out of the bag a little bit, yeah. by the way. A little, a little <laughs> bit, a little bit, but not not yet. We'll, hey, we'll, we'll save the. <laughs> we're we're, ha- we're happy to help build that anticipation. Hey, you heard it here first. Yeah, thank you. Seriously, yeah, I just want to give you guys a golden nugget. Hey, man, um, thank you. We appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. So that's the destination Air awards nice. in in a nutshell. Um, but to kind of answer your second question, John, and I don't want to take up too much of the, the conversation, but, um, you know, I started off in hotels, but my parents had a two bedroom apartment that they were renting out long term. And we're just having a really bad time with tenants like, you know, dogs would chew up the floors and scratch up stuff and just like they had a, and people not paying rent. And yeah, not like, but like they're the dogs are great, but like, if you have a bad owner, you're yeah. going to have bad behavior. Right. So, um, I it, just had to up my pet fee on the hotel. Yeah. It's yeah, it's, it, we are pet yeah, dog friendly, but people don't understand 
Like people, it's it's very bad. And then it affects your ability to clean and reflects yes. your and it goes on downhill. People don't understand. Like it's not as easy as just saying, "Oh, we accept dogs." <laughs> well, and, and the, 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 the first. The first impression when a guest walks in and sees scratched up, you know, uh, what do you call it? I'm looking at it right now. They have floorboards and all the other stuff. Like it just isn't a good look. But um, anyway, so they were going through bad like renters. And uh, this was like when Airbnb was still kind of like just kind of happening where people were doing like the spare bedroom type listings and stuff. Um, And they're like, hey, can you help us set up an Airbnb? And I was like, as a hotel guy, I was like, hell yeah, this is like a one-room hotel. This is super easy. I can come up with all the great policies and processes for you. And it was a kind of fun little outlet. And um, as time went on, I became a a hotel manager out on the Oregon coast and we were killing our numbers. We were getting like the greatest team ever Um, started becoming the number one property in our destination. And it was just really cool. But on the back end, I had my parents vacation rental that I was helping them with. Then I had met an amazing guest um, who was actually a local vacation rental operator in my hometown who I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. I have to interview you. And after a while we've, we collaborated and we're like, Hey, let's start a, let's start a management company. Let's get luxury properties like castles and mansions and all that stuff. So we did. And then, um, uh, I grew the podcast to a point where I was outweighing my salary, uh, at the hotel. And I was like, you know what, this is, this is it. So I gave them a month's notice uh, December 27th, 2019 was my last day. Uh, December 28th, uh, 2019. I had no idea what to do with myself because I was like, <laughs> how do you, how do you do this full time? Um, yeah, how do you, you fill out the hours? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but that's a milestone. Like, look, huge I, milestone. I, I, yeah. I think you can't underscore that enough, right? Like, no. you know, any entrepreneur, founder, anyone out there that's listening knows the importance of that moment, right? Like yes. Of being able, because that, again, theory versus application, that is the moment when you 100% are betting on yourself. 100%. Period. And, 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 and I remember waking up and just telling myself, sink or swim, sink or swim, sink or swim, sink or swim. Little did I know this whole thing called COVID-19 would happen like three months later. But uh, at the end of the day, it was it was a true testament to that sink or swim model. It's like, okay, how the hell am I going to handle this? Um, you know, saved up only, only I turned, okay. I told this a few times, but I turned down. If I stayed until January 2nd, mm-hmm. you know, four or five days later from my actual date, uh, I would have received a $10,000 bonus from my year previous uh, at the hotel. And my, and my, my boss was like, when I gave my notice, she goes, don't you want to stay? to get your bonus on. She was like, just stay to the end of January. So make sure you get that. And I was like, if I stay one more day after the 27th, I will end up probably jumping off a bridge. Like I need to get out. I need to go. This is it. And, and uh, I walked away from 10 grand that I could have definitely used in the beginning, but uh, you know, it was a true thing of like, when it's really inside of you, like when you're really hungry, you have to be that person that is the hungriest person in the room and you don't care. Nothing's going to get in your way. And um, that was kind of like that moment for me, but yeah. Crazy. And that's, and that's it. And those who have been there will completely understand, right? Like, yeah. and yeah, let's not be, let, let, let's be very clear. 10 grand is a lot of money, at least to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't know same. where y'all's wallets are, or what y'all are doing, <laughs> but like 10, I know y'all might be you know, in a different tax bracket <laughs> than me, but. Uh, Come on, you got a hotel. That's, that's, you got to, you got to, I where, see the hotel. But look, but that's, and that is what, but that's, that's yeah. reality. When there's not enough money in the world that's going to change that scenario. 
you know, mm-hmm. that's that moment. And that's when you yeah. 100% sell out and are betting on yourself. You know, and yeah. that's uh, congratulations. Salute to that. Thank you. Because that's you where a lot much. of people, that's a, that's a threshold a lot of people don't pass. You know, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's definitely a milestone, brother. Thank you. Yeah. Getting started is the hardest part, but then I think a lot of people don't realize like when you get started as a side hustle and then you have to quit that main, that main, that's the second hardest part. That's the other half of the story where you you're yeah. Like you can all that thought of like, I can always get another job or like I did have like a little bit of savings. Cause I was like being real frugal when I decided yeah. I was going to quit. Uh, I remember cause I like quit smoking. I quit drinking. I quit doing all this other <laughs> stuff that like from the military I picked up and I was like, all right, I'm quitting all these bad habits. And, uh, that was in September. And then in, in December I, I made that decision. But, um, you know, I definitely think like at that time, like 10, $10,000 was a lot for me to walk away yeah. from and then, and, uh, to, to do. So yeah, it's interesting to see where it's at now, but yeah, it's fun stuff. No, only four days, man. It's only four days. Look, and hats off, because like, you know, people, you know, the only thing that I can compare that to is like actors, right? Like that get paid from like job to job, yeah. right? Like my and my boys who are actors, you know, it, it's they have to every, you know, more frequently than other people, because every time they're unemployed after every job, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a true entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. you know, lifestyle where it's a hundred percent on you. And yeah. It, 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 you know, it's why it's not easy. You know, it's why everyone can't do it and doesn't want to do it. Um, yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I don't, I don't think, uh, if I, I don't know if you guys have another question or anything, but uh, I did, we ended up actually going through COVID with that, that company. I actually got out in November of 2020, uh, due to just the way things were, the partnerships were, were changing, um, and was like, I'm going to focus on the podcast full time, you know, even though I was already doing mm-hmm. that, but like, I'm going to really focus, like not having a paycheck and not having any income come in for eight months. I was like, you know what? Like, why not? Like I, I've already yeah. made it eight months with no money. So let's just, let's just go. And, um, we did that. And then the, the kind of that theory and application thing that you've been talking about, Mateo was, uh, like, I was tired of saying, we used to do this. We used to do that as a hotel manager. I used to do this. And it's like, no. I'm still like at the time I was like, I'm 25. Like I need to, I need to get back in. And we, we started a new one, which is recreation rentals. And uh, now we're scaling that and just taking everything that we're applying from the podcast through previous lessons and through what we're seeing with the, the industry, just like, how can we, how can we make this super unique and cool? So that's kind of the full circle for you. That, so the recreational rentals, is that what your, your road trip that you took where you were kind of, you're all over, it wasn't necessarily a road trip. It was plane yeah, to plane yeah. that you went to, but was that for yeah. recreational rentals? No, actually it wasn't. So that was, like, that was uh, your consultant hat. Yeah, that was my consulting, uh, uh, mode, I guess you could say, um, recreation rentals. So we're kind of focusing on the PNW area. So really the outdoor type of like we just signed a, a two bedroom two bath cabin um in the near the pass like right outside the ski slope so like we're really nice. focusing on that like that kind of like keeping that recreation brand but also yeah. experiential hospitality we want to see how can we automate a lot of the processes and steps but really focus like let the automation let us focus on that human to human connection with our guests like whether they want to talk to us or not we let them decide and we make that experience based off of that so um, but for my seven, what was it? It was 7,470 miles of air travel. Um, that, that was a consulting gig for a multifamily project that, um, just recently, um, 
was announced on Skift and everything uh, for this residential company to come into these these uh, distressed or not even distressed, but these hotels and and turn half hotel half residential and create a home mm-hmm. share program for them. So um, fifteen hundred and eighty eight units coming online this year. Nice. Ah, yeah, that's awesome. What was that's your? Dope. I love that concept. That's and what was your biggest takeaway from from going to these different, you know, it's at this time, you know, travel in I I, I probably in 80% of where you went was relatively fully open. Um, yeah. You know, now with Delta variants, everything's changing again. Um, we're we're going to see some change again. But at that time, which was just like a month and a half ago, right? It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Um, no. You know, what, what did you, you know, what, what was your biggest takeaways from, from meeting in these, in, you know, from state to state to different locations? Cause it was a, it was a full U S tour. I mean, it wasn't like a, a regional part of the, you know, what did you pull out of that? Um, well, it was interesting because it was really exciting. Like I was like, hell yeah, I'm getting out of the PNW for the first time in a while. Like this is going to be great. <laughs> I'm going to destinations I haven't seen and I've never been to, or I haven't seen in a while. Um, we did stay at hotels for the most part because like it was such a quick, like we were in a yeah. one city one day and then we were out the next, like there was even one day where we landed at like three, we got to the hotel to do our property tour. And then we were out, uh, you know, that night, like it was crazy. Um, but for me, when we stayed at some of these properties, like it was sad in, in the yeah. sense of, um, you know, staff is short. You know, the property is losing its quality in the sense of upkeep. Um, but then, like, you could tell, like, man, these people, these, whether they're housekeepers or maintenance or front desk, like, they, I, I, I didn't feel that hospitality spirit. Whether I was with the Marriott and I'm a loyal member, uh, you know, Platinum uh, Elite or whatever, mm-hmm. and you know, just getting that welcome of, hey, Mr. Slickers, like, we got you up to your, you know, it wasn't there, like, that life. Uh, not that I expect every time, but as a hospitality person, like, you know, you we do. know yeah. we, we expect different. Oh, yeah, yeah. We expect different. And part of me, like just wants to, I wanted to jump behind the front desk with them and be like, all right, let's figure this out. How can we like, how can we bring some life back here? But, um, you know, I think it's going to be an interesting time, you know, rates, like they weren't cheap. So Mm-mm. like, even though we're understaffed, uh, you could tell that hotels are, are at least making revenue. The industry's getting back. Um, but I think people are ready for some change. Like, I think, you know, the, the way that, you know, we talked about multiple times already culture, like how, how the hell do we have a, a staffing shortage when hotels are getting three, 400 plus a night um, for not even a good quality brand. And the reason why we have a, sh- a staffing shortage is because we're not paying people enough. We're not paying yeah, people a, Right. Yeah, like we're yeah. like those front desk agents that don't have that happy smile for a platinum member. The reason why they're not mm-hmm. happy is because they're making fourteen bucks and they've been there for twelve hours. I would right. hate to be back in that position. And, 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 and look at it the, this way, Will too. Like like the big, you know, that's just their day job or their yeah. night job. Right. That that's just yeah. their shit. That's how they put money. You know, that's how they put food yeah. on the table. But you don't know their backstory. Everybody, this past year and a half, two years, has taken the wind out of everyone's sails. Like uh-huh. it, it, the intestinal fortitude that it needs, in it, that it takes to be, to put yourself out there and put that face on, and to go and and chug and and do what you need to do is 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 absolutely insane. And people are tired. Yeah, they're. Well, 
Yeah. Well, and this is the other part about it. You have to think about it. Will's absolutely right. We under the underpay at the hotel. I'm overpaying right now because I have a great person like that absolutely makes my life easier in that space. And I'd much rather overpay them and keep them. Number one, because they're awesome. Number two, because look, the industry, like people have a choice. They're going other Mm -hmm. places. They're switching industries. You have to think about what this says about how much we're paying people. If the Mm -hmm. amount the government was giving them to stay home and it was not a lot, is suffice it for them to be able to stay where they are and, and maybe they weren't paying rent. I don't know, whatever yeah. people's situations are, right. but we are not seeing, you know, we're seeing people either go to different industries and other places or stay home. And mm-hmm. so I still think that that is, that is definitely saying something in this space about how we treat the people that are the most important to our, our operation and, and to our success in the yeah. industry. Like, look, and, and again, that's, it, it, the theory and the application part about it, like it's hard. It's very hard. You know, even when you have the best, it's hard to do this. And so we got to have a conversation around like, are we doing the right things? Like, why are these things happening? Mm-hmm. Uh, hotels, you're absolutely right. I think they got a different issue. They got a different problem. Uh, mm-hmm. I just think we're, I think we're over hoteled. Um, and now like there's, you know, th- that skill set can be used in other operations and other places. So I, I get why there's a talent gap there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, well, it's still far and few between, man. Like, well, we're seeing a lot of, oh, sorry, sorry to cut you off. No, no, you're um, not. Uh, we're, we're seeing a lot of hotel workers, front desk, uh, VP of sales, whatever, get into vacation rentals because they have a, a new opportunity to really create the, the destination and the experience that they couldn't create at a hotel because of limited uh, access to resources to, to a team or to even a, a limited access of creativity from anybody else, because uh, I'll be the first one to say that most like general hotel owners will be like, well, this is how it's been in the last 20 years. Why would I change? Right. Why would, why would I try to increase my book, uh, my book direct uh, traffic rather than rely on booking.com or anybody else? Why would I? It's been like this forever. I'm used to paying this amount of hundreds of thousands of dollars in commission anyways. Yeah. Why, why, why wait, why waste the energy? Well, it's like, I'll tell you why, because you're not going to be here in five years. Yep. You're, you're going right. to be outpaced. You're going to be outperformed. You're going to be out everything. Uh, you're going to be outstaffed. You're going to be out, you know, whatever. Um, and it's that mindset. And that's why I'm like hearing the, that you're overpaying for someone. Mateo is like, yes, because that challenges that whole concept of, well, we've been doing it this way. People, why would we pay people more when, this is really all the job entails. Uh, that's yeah, not all the job entails. The job entails a lot more if you're actually on the ground doing it. So yeah, and and how how much do you want that person invested in part of your culture? I mean, you're building yeah. a culture in your brand, and if you're you're willing to overpay for the right person, it makes sense. You know that they're going to bend over backwards for you. You know they're going to go ahead and and stay that extra hour if necessary. You know they're going to come in at. 5 30 in the morning and do what they yeah. need to do to make sure that it's done. And, and especially like in today's day and age, like Mateo's in is running this from Atlanta and yeah. the property is in, is in the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I yeah. mean, and that could be yeah. done today with the right people and the right team yeah. in place. Uh, and it, you know, and that's why it's so important. And that's why I applaud Mateo as well for, for, and for what they're doing. And I, I think more, 
more hospitality management teams need to, to take notice of this, of, of, Hey, this, these are your people, especially cleaning staffs. Like I have a good friend of mine. Um, he has a small, uh, luxury focused, uh, short-term rental business in, um, in Panama city beach area. And he pays 200 to $300 more a clean for this, uh, a team. It's a family of cleaners that works with them. And he treats them like family. He goes to their birthday parties. He goes to their, you know, they're, they're part of his family, but he knows they're going to take care of him. And he knows the level of service. He knows that clean level in these luxury that you're not going to, he can come back with a white glove and check these luxury mm-hmm. listings. And he knows it's going to be exactly the way he wants it every time. And if you were to pay him what everyone else is paying, they just jump ship yeah. because they're taking care of their families. Man. 100%. Um, it's been a great show. I'm so glad you joined yeah. us. We, I could talk for two hours with you, three, four hours. I, yeah. I love, I love uh, that you joined us today in the no bullshit short-term rental podcast episode 14. Yeah. Um, we'll any, definitely have you back, brother. This is uh this is fun. So yeah, we're talking to you, man. Where, where are you going to, are you going to any, uh, speaking of Carney back to the Carney circuit, are you going to be at any of the, uh, the low, the, the national shows this year at all? You, are you going to Darm? Um, in a couple of weeks, are you going to be at Verma? Yeah, I'll be at uh, Verma in October. So I'll be, I'll be there. Yeah, um, that's the only one I plan on doing for now. Uh, there's another show in Seaside, Oregon, um, that I might go to, but right now with, uh, with the Northwest VRP mode that we're in, yeah, I that, think uh, yeah. I might be a little occupied, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Right. Well, awesome having you on. Thank you so much, Will. Right Appreciate on. you. Uh, looking forward to uh, the recipro- reciprocating on yours. We're, we're excited to join you soon. Yes. Um, and man, great, great episode. Thank you so much. Have a great week, Thank everybody. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Hey, man. Always. Yes. Okay. See you soon.